Rolling. Right, welcome to the Filmcast podcast. <laughs> How's it going today, Chief? Today we're going to talk about film and the craft of making film. <laughs> and just crafts. <laughs> we're going to talk about craft dinner. Don't feed your people craft dinner on set. <laughs> oh yeah, don't feed, yeah, don't do that. I don't know though, it's really tasty. Would you want to eat craft dinner then go shoot for six hours? I had craft in, I had mac and cheese for breakfast. I was at IKEA. IKEA has pretty good food. A craft dinner for breakfast? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be part two of production. Yeah. Uh, if you've been listening along from the start in order, then you're done your first day of production. And I think at this point it would be kind of redundant to just go, okay, you're in day two. And then give you the same steps we give you as day one. Wait, we're not doing that? <laughs> I had it all written down. And so basically what we gave you last time is a pretty good blueprint of day to day. We're going to more share some stories now of the things that can go wrong and the things that went wrong with us and then how we fix them and how you guys can get around problems as well. Um, the one thing I'll start with saying is that this three hours of sleep a night, it's all about mentality, man. You're going to wake up. Your first thoughts can be, fuck. And then you're like, oh, we can shoot now. Okay, this is awesome. Just keep a good good mind about it. Don't let the sleep, lack of sleep, get to you that much. It's going to be okay. And, you know, just let the filmmaking flow through you for energy instead of sleep. Yeah, I recommend for anyone about to shoot, you know, a micro-budget film, just grind for a few days. Always eat breakfast. I always drink water. Lots of water. Yeah, like, I was on uh, another set for, it was like a corporate shoot, and I was the DP, and I was sitting in front of the camera, and I didn't have time to grab lunch, or even drink any water, and I just remember standing in front of the camera, and I was like, wow, I feel really lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was standing in front of the actor, and I like backed out of the room, I was like, I'm going to take a step out of the room for a second, fellas, and everyone looked in my direction, like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> But I felt like I was going to faint, so... Did you? I was so close. I went to the washroom and composed myself. <laughs> and the producer's like, here's some Gatorade. Here's some food. You should eat something. Yeah. But, like, eat some food and drink some water. Yeah, definitely. And, like, on the note of you're not going to get much sleep, you're not going to eat very much, when you can control those things, do it. So, like, instead of being up all night watching dailies, go to sleep. Um before people show up if you know you're in the situation I was in and you have to be crafty eat some of that food yeah. um, snack throughout filming that'll help keep you going yeah. lots of water don't drink pop because you're going to get diabetes and that's bad <laughs> especially when you do it in a week yeah. <laughs> if you have if you're looking at drink food whatever try and make the healthy option they have some Japanese peanuts on the side yeah yo if you've ever if you've never heard of Japanese peanuts Diego, who stars as Jeff Monk in this film, he's from Mexico City, and he introduced me to Japanese peanuts, which are just peanuts fried in a little soy sauce shell, and they are the greatest thing in the entire world, the best snack ever. I got a five-pound bag like 10 days ago, and mm. it's almost gone. <laughs> you know, funny story, this one time we were going out to the, this bar, and we were all walking together, and then you went across the street to this little, like, corner store. Oh, yeah. And, I, and then... I was like, where's Matt going? And Diego said, oh, he's getting some Japanese penis. And I was like, what? 
Matt's got to cross the street to get some Japanese penis? <laughs> Just gonna blow Japanese guys. No big deal. <laughs> this late? Why? In the <laughs> middle like, of hanging out. Yeah, then he's like, no, no, no peanuts. I was like, oh. <laughs> he said it so quickly, I had no idea what it was like. Yeah, it's, yeah, sidetrack. So yeah, if you get a chance to try Japanese peanuts, you can get them from nuts.com. This is not porn. Just actual food, and I'm not lying, they're fantastic. Also, if Netsankov wants to sponsor us, I will happily take free Japanese peanuts. As payment? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Podcast going with peanuts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like get a little like Nature Valley granola bars or something, and mm-hmm. just have little healthy snacks that will give you some energy throughout the day. Yeah, like um, veggie trays, shit like that. Get a couple bags of chips. I know it's definitely not healthy, but you know people snack on it a little bit. Yeah, keep you going. Don't exclusively eat chips. That's bad. Nature Box makes great uh, snacks. Nature Box, they, they sponsor tons of podcasts. So I'm just throwing <laughs> this out there. Nature Box makes great snacks that you can eat on set. Enjoy them in lots of different flavors. <coughs> That's free. But you, you gotta pay for box. the next one. <laughs> that one's on us. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, you've woken up for your next day of filming. Honestly, I hope you get more than three hours of sleep. Like I said, don't let it get to you. You're going to be okay, especially if you're only filming for like a week. You know, you can do crazier shit than that for a week. People go whole, whole weeks without sleeping. You'll be okay. Just keep a good mind about it. One thing that we didn't encounter on Party Stories, but I can actually shed a little light on, is for Party Stories, like I said, we filmed from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. every day. That was their schedule. But if you have something where you're filming, you know, there's some daytime and some nighttime in your movie, What's typically done is a kind of five and a half, six day work week. So what happens is you'll start your day Monday at eight and then roll till 8 p.m. and you'll get most of your your day footage and you know a little bit of nighttime depending on the time of year. And then the next day, Tuesday, you'll start at like 10. Wednesday, you'll start at you know one. Thursday, you'll start at four. And then by Friday, you'll do something that's called Friday day. And basically what that is, is you shoot overnight Friday to Saturday and that's where you get all your night shots. Um, if you're doing this, I will say, um, you know, just be careful, get enough sleep. There does, there's always stories in the industry of car accidents happening Saturday morning because people have been working crazy hours through the week and just worked overnight on Friday. You know, don't crash, don't hurt yourself or anything like that, but if you're looking, if your film has some daytime, some nighttime, that might be a schedule to base yours off of. Yeah. Make sure you're, um also, you know, I think if you're having a really hard time sleeping after mm-hmm. shooting, you might not be working hard enough. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're really tucked out by then, they're like, damn, I really went hard all day. Yeah, that's how you should feel. You, you'll, you'll probably fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, totally. And especially if you're working 21 hours, like, no problem. You're going to be conked out. Yeah. But like we mentioned last episode, you're just sitting around all day. Yeah, doing nothing. <laughs> Um, so our shoot went pretty well the first day. We did a lot of interiors. Um, we filmed um, in January. So one of the things that came with that is Vancouver doesn't get as cold as the rest of Canada, but still um, it gets quite cold and you're shooting at nighttime. So when we were shooting, uh, you know, actors and crew are freezing. It was a particularly cold winter for Vancouver, which was still only, you know, like minus five. I know people, if they listen to this in California, are going to be like, minus five! (laughs) But for Canada, it's not that bad. (coughs) But if you're outside shooting in, you know, rain or low temperatures or anything, make sure everyone does their best to stay heated, stay dry, you know, people can get 
hurt, hypothermia, um, or they can just get sick, and any of these things are going to really slow you down. So be mindful of that. Our first day went pretty smooth. We were inside, but the second day we went outside, and we shot the scene, which we won't spoil it in case you haven't seen the movie, but it involves a golf club. And we're outside shooting this golf club scene, probably an hour into it, it starts raining, which obviously isn't ideal. At first it just starts drizzling, and it's like, okay, can we shoot through this? Yeah, it's not really coming up on the camera, you know, we can keep going. But here's something that I know I didn't think of at the time. Where it does come up are the mics, and it doesn't come up like hitting people. Where it comes up is on the boom. It's hitting the concrete, hitting the ceiling and you just get drips and you can't shoot there so in terms of this golf club scene we actually we shot it over what four quarter days because things yeah. kept going wrong yeah let's keep going back to that scene yeah so basically we shot the first little bit and then it's like you know it's raining okay we gotta go inside shoot something else in that case you have to rearrange your whole schedule which wasn't too bad at that point because we could just shuffle some things but then we go back to shoot it the next time and the question comes up of, do we reshoot the quarter we already shot, yeah. you know? Is it gonna fall in line with continuity, which is where your script supervisor is really gonna help out. She'll know what things looked like last time. She'll have taken pictures, you know, jotted down notes, anything to keep you on point with continuity, which really, really helped. Our script supervisor, Rose, was amazing. She came from working on Valerian that Luke Benson movie with Dane DeHaan, and then she came and did this. Luke Besson. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, and then she came and did this super micro-budget feature. So if you can get a script supervisor, good. Um, I do understand micro-budget's not always the easiest, so if you gotta cut it, you know, it's gotta happen, right? But she'll really help with continuity. So in this case, when we went back, did we end up shooting that first quarter again, or did we just roll with it? And shoot the rest. No, we, we we shot that. What was our deciding factor in reshooting that versus keeping the footage we had before, and just moving on with shooting the rest? I think it really it was just to make sure everything matched, and even the audio like it wasn't really usable. Yeah. So we we had to get it all in the same time because I we didn't want to have that risk in post where. We're like oh no we can't use this but then we're already like weeks past production mm -hmm. so might as well like add a little extra time and push things around just to get the, the right moment because that was a pretty big scene too yeah it was big and it was pretty crucial for the story it, we knew it wasn't something we could get to post and be like ah oh, it didn't work out oh well let's just cut it out it doesn't add anything like it was pretty vital we needed that scene in in terms of difficulty to shoot it was probably one of the hardest there was quite a few setups um we have some props. We destroy some shit with the golf club. Yeah. We can only do that once, too, so... Yeah, so let's talk about the stuff. This is going to be mild, mild spoilers, but we destroy something with a golf club in this film. Yeah. And this would be a good chance to talk about what's called breakaways. Breakaways are prop items that are designed to look like a cup or... A vase. a vase or a TV or a table, but they're intentionally made of, of materials that are very easy to break and shatter in a way where they're not going to hurt anyone. So in the case of a cup, it's made of, you know, sugar glass. You can throw it against a wall, it will evaporate into nothing. There won't be splinters going everywhere, cutting everyone. In terms of if it's a table, it's going to be made of very, very cheap, thin wood that you can throw someone into. It'll, you know, 
combust basically as soon as you hit it, the guy's going to be okay with some stunt pads. So we had some of these breakaways. Now, one thing to keep in mind is you really have to plan out this scene. So basically we had this breakaway, it was a glass substitute, and they are $20 US roughly. We shipped For them. each one? Yeah, we shipped them in from California and because that was just the best deal um, and we got four of them now here's the thing if you don't have your scene planned you only have four of these you only get to film this four times after that what are you gonna do call california and be like i need four of these in 20 minutes can't happen right yeah so this is where your planning's really really gonna come in handy and also one thing to note about these like any type of breakaway material it's so delicate that just touching it, if you grip it too hard, it explodes. So be very careful with these. They break in shipping all the time. Um, you need to know your camera angles. You need to know what you want out of the final shot. You can't just say, let's set it up 27 times and do it from different angles. I mean, if you had all the money in the world, sure, go ahead. But you're a micro-budget film, right? You can't get 27 of something that costs you $20. That's going to be your whole budget. So you get very few of these. You plan it out you do a very very thorough blocking and then what we ended up doing was we obviously hit it with the golf club right um so we had the camera at ground level probably five feet away no i think it was about like 10 feet okay 10 yeah. feet away from the breakaway and then one thing you also need to keep in mind here is safety too. So these things are designed to literally explode on impact. But, you know, sometimes things go wrong. Maybe a little splinter of this flicks off and hits someone in the eye. Have a shield in front of you and what's going wrong. Have, or what's, what's being destroyed, not going wrong. Yeah. Um, so nothing's going to come up and hit you or anything like that. Have the actors wearing some kind of goggles or something like that. Quote the Simpsons, I want to see goggles, everyone! <laughs> the goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> Best scene. Best scene. So yeah, safety first, make sure everyone's going to be okay. Block the shit out of this, because you only have a certain amount of tries. Have everyone on set, your actors, anyone that's going to be even close to these breakaways, knowing how delicate they are. Because, you know, um, if I pass it to Latif, he doesn't know how delicate it is. One breaks, and then I ask the 40th AD, hey man, go get one of those. One breaks. Now you only have two, right? Yeah. So be very, very, very careful. Plan it out in a way where you can make it happen for your film. And especially like when you're getting breakaways, it's usually not something that, you know, oh, it can just, you know, fall down in the background. No big deal. When you're in the micro-budget film, if you're getting something like this, it's usually a pretty key set piece, so you yeah. can't have this go wrong. Plan it out beforehand. You're going to thank yourself a lot. Is there anything you remember about shooting that uh, in terms of the straight destruction of the thing that would be valuable to the listeners? Yeah, so I think like when we when we shot, we didn't just break them. Like we had the actors drink, like, what was it? Oh, yeah. They drank something out of the breakaway glass and it was gross to them apparently. <laughs> yeah. But like the scene wasn't just take it and smash. So we had to be extra delicate because we needed the actors to drink some fake like whiskey Movies, or yeah. out of it or something then put it on the ground and then like smash it yeah so when we did the smashing scene I shot it in 4k and I went all out because I, I wanted to get as much detail and we needed to change the frame which yeah, we did a bunch of stuff yeah. so like for one of those important kind of super planned like set piece shots 
I would I shot that in 4K because I knew like we'd be mm. able to do a lot with it, and it would be kind of one of those nice little fun moments in the film where it's really like holy shit that's kind of cool looking. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because it did look fun. I was a little jealous because everyone gets to like smack this like phase, and I was just filming it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. gonna break it. Actually, if you go on YouTube right now, there's a um, a promo video called Lightsaber Baseball that we made because you know we planned it well in advance enough that we didn't end up using all the breakaways and one of the lead actors uh derek that played jason he brought this life-size lightsaber replica to set so we had a little extra time one day and it's like let's smash these with a fucking lightsaber and it turned out awesome check out the video it's great another note on where latif said like drinking something out of there like it was totally safe we looked into it and everything no one you know got poisoned or anything but if you're looking for um something to mask as alcohol. The easiest substitute is tea. Make some tea, you can control the color and the how dark you want it, that or apple juice. They're Great. gonna take you really long ways if you're doing something with a party where you need to fake booze. Um, if you wanna fake like vodka or something, just water, because it's clear. True. But yeah, tea can go a really long way with faking alcohol. Yeah, plus yeah. if you get tea, make sure like if shooting cold, like if you get tea, make mm. sure it's cooled down. Yeah, <laughs> don't have, have people like, chug boiling tea. <laughs> like why? Why is that guy drinking hot beer? <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you do that too. But yeah. I think the tea actually looked pretty good in the film. Like we did. Yeah, you can't tell all the shots in that one scene, and we mm-hmm. poured the tea into the shot glasses. Yeah. And to me, I just was, I thought it was tequila. I was like, oh god. Yeah, totally. You can control a lot with it. The smashing of the vase. We plan that out greatly got what we needed but you know things still went wrong we ended up shooting that like we said over four mini days so the first day started raining we had to call it quits we didn't end up using that footage went back the second day and since it's january in vancouver it started raining again but we got some usable footage out of that um the third day i believe we went back and got the majority of it like 99 percent. i think the fourth day was just a couple pickup shots yeah yeah um, so like when things go wrong like that, you just gotta roll with the punches. It's gonna suck and you're, it's gonna be deflating in a way, but just know there's there's gonna be time. And like in our case, since we were filming largely at my house, um, we were in the backyard, it started raining, I was like, oh shit, that sucks. Okay, well what actors do we have here right now that we need to film a scene with them in the house? Okay, we have actors one, two, and seven. Um, we have a scene with them in the front room where they do X. So it'd be like, okay, sweet, we can shoot that now. So we go into the house and shoot that, and there, that way we're not just outside. Like, can the rain please stop now? We have to shoot some things. Like, always be doing stuff. You have the ability to move things around as needed. And, like, worst case scenario, if you're, you know, on day two, but you know you're never going to have any more time, or you're on day seven and you only have the actors, or your last day, you only have the actors for an hour, you got to rewrite that scene. It might be what you have to do. Just yeah. work around what's happening. Some stuff's going to come up and you got to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, so um, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think in the development episode, um, one of the set pieces we needed was a shed in the backyard, which we called the dungeon in the script. And it was just this little like man cave of a room where the guys go to for one scene and they have this lengthy conversation. We were in there filming, it's this tin shed, which wasn't the easiest film and it was very, very small, but we're in there filming and 
starts raining again. Yeah. And at this point, you know, you just hear like ping, 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 raindrops on the top of the shed. So what do you do? Um, here's where you're going to learn. Towels are your friend on set. We went to Costco before we started shooting, bought 30 towels <laughs> and then just lined the top of the shed with them. So then when the raindrops are hitting, you don't hear anything. Yeah. There's no pinging. We could go on, shoot the rest of the scene. I think at one point it started pouring, so you could hear it on the concrete outside, but yeah. you know, took a five minute break, clouds went by, and we just shot the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of going into this, call it new location, because it is, you know, not in the main house, how'd we light it? What do you remember about that? Um, we ran two extension cords from the house up to the shed. Mm -hmm. So we had power just for two lights. And I had a tungsten two-bank Kinoflow hanging off the, off the side of the wall. Like that the, the thing had like little, um, what was it, like bars on the top? Yeah. So I hung one of like the braces. Kino yeah, braces. I, I hung the Kino Flow in the corner of the shed. And then we had like this hot light that we got from a thrift store. Yeah, basically it's just like a, a little tiny, about half the size of a computer screen, kind of lamp that you'd see on a construction site. Like bright yellow, black handle. Super hot. Fucking super bright. Literally gets super temperature hot. So when you turn that thing on, don't touch it. It will burn you. Yeah. But it was good for that because... That shed was cold. Yep. So it kind of warmed it up a little. Yeah, and it acted as a practical light too. Like you yeah. see it in the film, and but it makes it, sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense because that's what people like that would light the shed with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it gave us a lot of lighting in terms of filming it, which helped in the camera. We had the bonus of it providing a bit of temperature for the actors because yeah. it was freezing and it was you know it was cheap a too, right? It was like yeah, we went bucks. to Valley Village, got it for like five ten bucks. Yeah, no, yeah, it was five bucks. It was really yeah. cheap. Yeah, like thrift stores for like little things like that. Like mm -hmm. before you shoot your film, just walk through a thrift store. You'll find like three things. Yeah. Because I remember we get that giant remote and stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Lots of little set deck pieces, yeah. which we only ended up getting like five-ish. But still, you know, they filled out the room pretty well. I remember you got this like red pepper ashtray <laughs> yeah. and then after the film you trip, you kept trying to give it to me I'm like you want this? I was like no why would <laughs> someone take this red pepper <laughs> but it's not here anymore so clearly someone did take it yeah <laughs> um, yeah but the, back to the, the dungeon this space was so tight I couldn't use any of my other lenses so Which I was one did forced you? to use the 18mm to get everyone in the scene because it wouldn't have fit mm. Because um, we had eight actors in there, right? Uh, or was five, it and then five? three crew. Yeah, five actors, three crew, and everyone was like super hugged up against the wall. Yeah, and it was only a and nine nine feet by eleven footprint. Like it was tiny. it was very tiny. We crammed eight people in there. Yeah, so like it was a very tough scene to shoot, but it wasn't complicated in terms of what happened. Like mm -hmm. they were literally just sitting there watching. Playing like a video TV. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watching the TV, playing a game. Mm -hmm. And then the camera was just kind of locked off, but because it was so tight, we had to very carefully, like, not hit anything or bang against the yeah. walls and stuff. Because, yeah. like, the painting. Was yeah, it was also difficult, too, because, like, I think we had the Tief and the two sound guys in the in the shed. And then outside was... I was outside with... The monitor. The monitor, the script supervisor, makeup artist... 
and first, first AD. So within like 14 by 12 feet, including inside and outside of the shed, there was 12 of us. And we're running power from the, the camera all the way outside to where the monitor was. I'm watching this little tiny, like it's the size of two phones, little monitor with the scoop supervisor. She's looking for continuity and I'm looking for the performances. And it's raining outside, so we've got a couple umbrellas just to shield us and the electronics. Um, but like at the end of the day, that's indie filmmaking. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do in between takes. I would just poke my head in the shed and say, hey, you know, this was great. This is what we could change it up to do a little bit better. And, you know, the scene didn't take us that long to shoot. No. Yeah, I think that was maybe half day at best. Yeah. For and everything in there. And that a bunch of milk crates in there for actors to sit on. Yeah, we mocked up some seating milk crates with, like, cushions. There was a little bench thing in my house we threw in there. Uh, anything that would um, go along with the aesthetic of a bunch of, you know... Dudes in the garage. Yeah, early 20 guys out there to play some video games and just hang out kind of thing. Yeah, so like these, when you if you're doing a mock location and you're doing something like that, just make it work. And if you're going with an aesthetic that's as easy as some early twenty year old guys, you know you'll be able to pull it off pretty minimalist. Because you know, having been a young twenty guy, they're pretty lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like as far as locations and making it work around um, things that are going wrong, like rain and stuff like that, you can do it. You just gotta inject some creative thinking into it yeah when the troubles come around mm-hmm. and then the the next scene that was kind of uh it was a little tough was the fight scene slash like car scene yep in the back alley there yeah and like when you're planning this out with your first ad in pre-production um they're gonna ask you how long do you need to shoot this scene how long do you need to shoot that scene and i would try and over exaggerate it just a tiny bit um, so for example, like we would shoot uh, four scenes inside in a day. Very rough, very rough, like estimate four scenes. And then we have one fight scene in the back alley that's, what does it take, three minutes in the final film? Three, four? For, you mean from the fight to the car and everything? Yeah, the whole back alley sequence. I think that scene would be about like six minutes. Okay, yeah. so it's six minutes in the film, let's say, and we took an entire day to shoot it. Now this is where you need to put your creative thinking hat on because when First Lady asked how long is this outside gonna take, we said a full day um, because we knew we wanted different angles. Um, We knew that the fight was gonna be a little bit improv. We needed the actors to play around a bit, make sure they didn't hurt themselves and they felt comfortable doing what they had to do. We need a whole bunch of different angles. There was a moving car, there was six, five, six characters. And even like the lighting all the way out in the alley was a little tough. Yeah, we had to use a lot of natural light, set up like one as a lamp, or a light post, sorry. Uh, There was dialogue, there was so many things going on, and that takes six minutes of the film for an entire day. So we have seven days of shooting. One of those days takes six minutes. We still had 70 minutes to shoot in six days. So like you've got to keep in mind how much you're shooting per day. So that day we shot five, four or five pages. There were other days. I remember one day we shot 12 and a half pages in a day, yeah. but it just so happened to line up that, you know, those 12 and a half pages, some of them were in and out. Hi, how you doing? Little conversation, nothing huge. Um, when you're planning out your days, really think about how long it's going to take you to film something. And if you don't have experience doing it, like I'd never shot a fight scene or anything with a moving car, 
give yourself extra time because it's always going to take you longer than shorter 100% of the time yeah the car scene was the difficulty for me as like a cinematographer was we had the car pretty far out um, in the alley from the house Mm -hmm. so I couldn't bring any lights aside from uh, like an LED light yeah, and with this shoot, and like if you're doing a micro budget feature in this, and this, you're not gonna have generators. For those that don't know what generator is, it's basically an engine that you plug into and you get power. It's usually gas powered. I wish you said it was like a sacred monkey that gives your <laughs> gives your blesses you <laughs> blesses you with electricity. That'd be sweet. I would buy so many of those monkeys. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're not going to have generators on set. So what do you do? You don't have power. How do you light? How do you do X, Y, and Z? Um, Latif has these really great LED rechargeable lights. So, you know, you plug them in, they'll last for, what, five, six hours? Being on all the time? Um, on full power, they last about four hours. On low power, okay. maybe six hours. Okay. So, yeah, we knew we had those. We knew we weren't going to run pow- be able to run power from the house. So we had to make do with that and a mix of natural light. In the alley we shot in, there was a couple uh, a couple street lights, nothing huge. They yeah. didn't really help us out that much. They more just looked good in the background. Yeah. So plan this out. Um, we did, and for stuff like this, you're not going to be able to test it to a huge degree. We did as much as we could, but it was very much just finding it on the day. Yeah. Uh, so in that circumstance, when you got to find it on the day, you want to allot yourself more time compared to less. I'll just touch briefly on if you do have a generator, if you're thinking about getting this and you're like, well, we're going to be out in a field and we're going to need electricity or whatever you think, like the generator is a solution to. There's things that you need to consider when you have a generator. Yeah. Um, mainly noise. Noise is huge. I remember the set that Latif and I met on. Oh, man. They had a generator and we had to keep it probably... 150 feet away from, from the house from the house when we were shooting at all times and then tuck it behind two trucks that close it in for noise and this is a generator like it runs physically temperature hot you can't just put a blanket over it you yeah. can't muffle it these things are gas powered they are loud and you got to keep filling them up with gas you'll have to get a car and a truck there to transport to and from you got to keep going to get fill up jerry cans with gas to keep fueling this thing like if you're thinking about getting a generator you got to keep in mind a lot of responsibility comes with that generator yeah and and they're heavy as hell man yes they can weigh hundreds or thousands of pounds so you got to transport them and it's just a big yeah a lot comes with it so if you're thinking of getting one just plan all that out beforehand because it's going to be a lot to take on i mean my recommendation is if you're shooting like a like in a place where there's not a lot of lighting as long as you're doing something reasonably small like with a few actors mm-hmm. you know invest in some decent battery powered LED lights yeah and then, they were fantastic yeah like I got a couple new ones and even yesterday like the shoot I was on we had no power I just had these like rechargeable lights mm-hmm. and man like they're amazing like yeah. quality I got was great and you can also get like those um, solar powered uh little like battery packs yep and you can charge them in the wall and stuff too but mm-hmm. you take them on set and those will last you a day yeah and these things are very versatile too they're LED so they don't heat up you can put any kind of diffusion or flags you can just go right on it and there's buttons to turn the brightness up and down you can do a lot yeah. with these things you so can suck them in anywhere they're not like huge fixtures either so. yeah highly recommend and they look like lightsabers which is awesome true um, 
definitely recommend that. Uh, if you're thinking of getting a generator, know it comes with a lot of responsibility. Gas. Yeah, and just physically transporting the thing. It's yeah. you know you've got to get like a one-ton truck or a giant pickup or something like that. So yeah, that was pretty much the fight scene outside. It was we went out there. Um, we got the two actors that were fighting each other to know each other a little bit. They were comfortable fake thorn punches. Um, I think they did get smacked once or twice. <laughs> One of them hit. Yeah, I mean, they didn't get hurt or anything. It was okay. They're laughing. Um, but I kept telling them, look guys, safety first. We knew that we weren't going to use locked off camera or tripod shots or anything. We were going to let the moment momentum of the camera do a lot of talking and kind of fake the hits that way as well. When your camera's moving and your actors are flailing around, it looks a lot more intense than it really is. Yeah, so we knew what we were getting into. We knew that we didn't know what we were getting into to a degree and we just had the time to figure it out. We took everything safely and when problems came up, like whether it would be that at one point the car was parked close to a, a like heating grate in an opposite building so the sound wasn't very good. We had to work across that but we gave ourselves a whole day. It worked out just fine. Yeah. Uh, give yourself enough time, plan as much as you can. It's not going to be able to be everything in a situation like that but you'll thank yourself for it. That should like just about wrap it up for this episode. We have other stories of things that went wrong, and it'll get a little bit crazier next episode. But we'll leave it at that for now. That's the end of a end of a day, and I think that was the end of our fourth day. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you know, else? I just realized. What's that? I think earlier in the episode you you were talking about like it was minus five and stuff like that. Yeah. And even and this is just me. Like I had no idea what that meant. Because I think the school system failed me, and that I don't, I, you know, when people talk about temperatures, I'm so lost. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Minus system five is they cold. use. You know, if they use the imperial or metric, whatever. Someone yeah. will be like, it's 32, it's 7, it's 4. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> just tell me if it's hot, tell me if it's cold. <laughs> I just pictured your ideal weather, man. Like, Today will be cold and it will rain. Yeah. Like, Thanks, weatherman. <laughs> Seriously, just give me this number. I'm like, how am I? Supposed to... When I'm cold, I don't, you know, I don't have a ruler for how cold I am. <laughs> you wouldn't measure that know. with a ruler. <laughs> Jeez. Random rant of the day. <laughs> also, uh, um, this is uh, the day after the Oscars. Yeah. So yeah. If you guys are watching the Oscars, it'd be cool to to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, this will come out a couple days, or maybe even a couple weeks after, but let us know what you think. In and the comments, don't like, like call us and shit, that'd be weird. <laughs> First thing I'm going to say is, how did you get my phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and did you like get out there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, but yeah, All right. uh, we'll leave Thanks it at listen. that. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks.